Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host. My name is Steve. Joining me, as always, is the lovely Hannah Martin. Hannah, how are you doing this week? I'm great. We watched a... uh... A real classic here. Yeah, I don't know how to describe this movie. We'll get into it momentarily, of course, but you can tell by the title of this podcast, we watched Bangkok Dangerous. You know, the uh, cult classic, Bangkok Dangerous. Is it? Is it a cult classic? I don't know. I'd never even heard of it before. We'll get into it in literally a minute, but this movie was not rated very well, but it's really just a very simple action movie. It's not that bad. It's comparable to like a Taken or an Equalizer. Mm -hmm. It's just Except he doesn't have personality in it, which we'll talk about. Okay. (laughs) Fantastic. So Nick Cage plays an assassin in Bangkok. Bangkok Dangerous. His name is Joe. (laughs) That's really not that important. So we're going to kick off this. comes up once. Yeah. (laughs) And then he gives a different name to somebody else, so who knows. Anyhow, let's start with the uh, ratings and rankings for this week. How is this movie rated? We mentioned it briefly a second ago. So Bangkok Dangerous 2008, it has a 5.4 out of 10 on IMTB and an 8% out of 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's honestly too low. It's It's not that bad. It's really not that bad. The the biggest problem with this movie is that it's fine. It's just a movie. I will say it's only an hour and a half. And at an hour, I realized that there was 30 minutes left when I thought that we'd already been watching this movie for two hours. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> so some That's pretty... never a good sign. No. I don't know that I'd recommend this movie, but we can get into that later on. So before we get started going through the movie, Hannah's going to give us a little bit of behind-the-scenes information, what's Nick doing in his life. It's 2008, the year of the housing market crash, and this is the only movie he did in 2008, so let's keep that in mind. We've talked a lot before about the financial struggles of one Nicolas Cage, but Hannah, what have you got to share this week? Quite a bit. We'll start with the movie, and then we'll end with what we've all been waiting for, um, the financial demise of Nicolas Cage. Oh, good God. So first, let's start with some numbers for the movie before I get into numbers for Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah. So the budget was $45 million and it made $42 million at the box office. Yeah, it's so not it, great. So it took an L. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> and I, I don't remember this movie even being advertised. No, I'm trying to think where was I in 2007? High 2008. school. 2008, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't remember, but yeah. I don't know if I, I was really paying movie. attention at that age. <laughs> That's fair. So, this movie was produced by none other than Saturn Films, well, in collaboration with Saturn Films, which is Nicolas Cage's production company. And as we saw in the credits, it said produced by Nicolas Cage. So, both Steve and I rolled our eyes. We're like, all right, here we fucking go. (laughs) So, this movie is not an original. It is actually a remake from a 1999 movie. Originally, the character that Nicolas Cage plays is a Thai person everyone in the movie was thai okay um it was written and directed by the pong brothers who also directed this movie okay yeah um and the major difference 
Yes. Sorry. Yeah. No, I just, it just hit me that the first movie was also directed by the same directors. Yeah. Okay. That's what I just said. I know you just said that, but it took me a second to register (laughs) To compute. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's clear cut evidence that we don't uh, talk about this before we turn the mics on. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So the major difference between the first and the second movie, other than the fact that Nick Cage is an American, Mm -hmm. is that in the original movie, the deaf man is or the wow the i just ruined it the hitman is deaf oh the hitman is deaf the hitman is deaf so nicholas cage being the hitman is deaf huh not nicholas cage is not the deaf in <laughs> i'm confusing myself in, in the original movie yeah, the nicholas cage's character the assassin yes. was a deaf hitman interesting in this movie nicholas cage was not deaf and the Pong brothers said that that was because they knew that for marketing purposes, they needed Nicolas Cage to have some lines. But instead, mm. in order to pay tribute to the first movie, they decided to make the woman who plays Nick's girlfriend, love interest, love interest a deaf person. Okay. The actress is not deaf. Clearly. <laughs> we'll get into why that's so we'll clear talk about that. in the scene where she shows up. Okay, there's an alternate ending, which I'll get to at the end. Oh. I don't want to spoil anything. Ooh, interesting. And the last I'll say about the movie until I talk about Nick in relation to the movie is that the working title of this movie, I guess they didn't want to make it Bangkok Dangerous, mm-hmm. even though it's a remake. Mm-hmm. It was Time to Kill, <laughs> which he's already been in. Tiempo de Uchidiari or something like that. That is, I believe that's one of our bottom five. I mean, that was a movie that was essentially trying to justify rape. Uh, So that's why that movie sucked so hard. Uh, Yeah, that That is. That was really difficult. That that movie is number 50 out of 52. Big yikes. Yeah, anyway. So yeah, they thankfully paid tribute to a different movie by (laughs) renaming it Bangkok Dangerous instead of the working title Time to Kill. Yikes. So Nick Cage. So this movie was filmed in 2006. So something Mm. that I always remember when we're watching these movies is movies are rarely filmed in the year that they debut. Right. So I think about in 2007 when Nick Cage was in five movies. Yeah. (laughs) What was it? Ghost Rider... The yeah. SS women of werewolf women of the SS <laughs> right, for right. half a second. Um, next. Ghost uh, Rider, Grindhouse, next, National Treasure, Treasure 2. two. Okay. Four. So they were probably all also filmed in 2006, 2007. So he oh, was doing yeah. a lot at once. So Nick committed to several films after finishing filming scenes for reshoots. Um, okay. I mean, after finishing filming his original parts in this movie. In Bangkok Dangerous. Mm-hmm. But if you know anything about movie making, sometimes things like get messed up and they have to right. do reshoots and stuff. And right. It's challenging because you have to get the makeup the same on the person. You have mm-hmm. to make sure they're wearing the same costume. You have mm-hmm. to make sure the lighting is the same, the same mm-hmm. location, all that. But because Nick had committed to filming several movies um, after finishing his scenes for the reshoots, the I guess this is what drove the budget up. They had to recreate sets in different locations to just accommodate his schedule. Oh, wow. So I, I assume that that is what made the budget <laughs> go up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, maybe they would have made money on this movie. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. I mean, a really clear example of something like that not working is actually in Step Brothers. 
So they did a whole bunch of reshoots in Step Brothers. And Will Ferrell's hair or wig is like very different scene to scene. Really? Oh, yeah. I've never noticed that. Oh, yeah. Especially towards the end of the movie. Huh. Yeah. I'll have to go back and watch. Yeah, go back and check. And you can find videos online. Yeah. And th- this type That's of thing, interesting. This type of thing happens a lot more on big budget movies, like superhero movies or something. If it's like they're they're thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, we can just CGI this whole thing. And then it's like, ah, okay, it doesn't we quite, need we need to. Stunt people to right, do this Or instead. producers get involved and it's like, why don't you do this instead of that? And it's like, well, we don't have the actors anymore. Yeah. So it happened a lot in like the recent Justice League movie and their most recent Fantastic Four movie, which were trash. Oh, anyway. is that what happened with uh, the mustache? <laughs> so the mustache <laughs> is something completely different. We don't have to get into it, but essentially... They needed. Sorry to open a they needed worms. Superman, <laughs> so we'll link it right because Super- Nick Cage was going to play oh, yeah, Superman. Yeah, at one this point. is relevant, right? But they needed Henry Cavill. Oh who, my God, Henry Cavill's so much hotter than Nicholas Cage. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so they needed Henry Cavill to come back for reshoots for Justice League, but he was already on set filming uh, the most recent Mission Impossible movie. And in the most recent Mission Mission Impossible movie, he has a mustache that is apparently crucial to his character. And so the studios, the studios, facial hair. <laughs> the studios lawyers got together and had a big blowout argument about whether or not Henry Cavill could or could not shave his mustache. And oh the God. lawyers from Mission Impossible ultimately won and said that you can go back and reshoot, but you have to keep the mustache and they'll CGI out the mustache. And so throughout the entire movie of the reshoot of the reshot scenes, which was a lot of the scenes, his upper lip just looks wonky and like hardly moves mustache because it's cgi because it's cgi over us over a mustache it's way easier to cgi on a mustache than then CGI take it off. off a mustache yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. that's so funny yeah so they had to do a lot of reshooting and building of i guess thailand <laughs> yeah they had in to la thailand in la <laughs> that sucks um and then the last thing about the movie is uh because he's an assassin, time is very important to him. So he keeps mm-hmm. seeing a watch and then he gives, he is an accomplice and he gives the accomplice the same watch that he has. Mm-hmm. Apparently this is a watch that is endorsed by Nicolas Cage in real life. So oh I'm God. sure he made a lot of money in order to put this in the movie, especially because he also produced the movie. Jesus. So the watch is the Ventura VTEC Sigma W25R1. Not sure if we have any watch enthusiasts out there. <laughs> yeah, hang on. Let me write that down. <laughs> I'm gonna get a pen. That's your coat. I'm gonna get that for you for Christmas this year. It's probably like a million (laughs) dollars. So, yeah, his dear Santa. I'm sure he. I I need a Ventura VTEC Sigma W23R1 for the same one that Nicolas Cage uses in In the the hit film Bangkok Dangerous. XOXO. XOXO. Steve. (laughs) Yep. So that's that. Oof. Okay. Now, mm. let us discuss 2008. So as we mentioned, this is the only movie that comes out in 2008, but that's probably not the only movie that's filmed in 2008 because he has a ton of movies that come out in 2009 and 2010 that were probably filmed in 2008. Gotcha. So even though this is the only movie that comes out in 2008, that doesn't mean that that is the only thing he is doing in 2008. Just want to be clear about that. Do you that. want to say the phrase 2008 one more time? <laughs> oh, like take a shot every time I say 2008. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, um, Nicolas Cage's financial collapse comes in 2008 when the real estate values plunged and most of his residences, quote from his um, money, uh, not his manager, his money manager, Mm -hmm. uh, 
Sam Levin, I think his name Levin was. Levin or Levine, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he said that it turned upside down as the global credit crunch made it impossible to cover Coppola's endless cash calls by borrowing more money. <laughs> so a lot of drama between him and his yes. manager at this point. So Nick Cage realizes that his manager is bad news for him. So he fires him probably right after this movie came out. This movie was released in the theaters in August and he got he fired his uh Levin and then got a new manager in September of 2008. Oh wow, okay. And um his let me get all the facts straight here. Okay. If we're if we're anything, we are factually correct always. <laughs> But I mean, while you're looking that up, like, this is it, folks. This is why when people ask, how many movies is Nick Cage in? And we say over 100, and they gasp. This is why. This is why. Because he has way too many houses, and then the housing market crashed in 2008. And among other reasons, he is incredibly cash poor and has to take any role he can get. Yes. And we're going to see that in the next couple of years. We will see the... I mean, it's not like he, it's not like every movie we've seen so far has been good. No, no. But I think the ratio of good to bad mm-hmm. is okay. He's on like in a, the past. <laughs> yeah, he's on like a fairly normal trajectory. Like if you look at, let's say, like a like a Tom Cruise or a Liam Neeson or or any of these kinds of guys who like they have periods where they're still trying to figure out their acting style. Then they're in some like really good movies, and then they kind of fall into action movies, right? Like any of these action movie guys. That's what they do. So, like, you have Nick Cage goes from, you know, those weird bad movies like The Boy in Blue early in his career. <laughs> then he gets you into things up like The Boy in Blue. Then he gets into things like Leaving Las Vegas and Adaptation, mm-hmm. and he's an Academy Award winner. And then and he's then like, he... you know what? I'm gonna do some fun action movies. Like, and a lot of actors follow that Con trajectory. And... and National Treasure and Bangkok Dangerous. Yeah. And Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so Cage did not realize the extent of his financial problems until September 2008 when he hired a new business manager after he fired Levin. Right. He sued Levin for $20 million in damages, saying that his reputation has been irreparably tarnished. Wow. Um, He is accusing Levin of failing to pay taxes when they were due Mm. and then placed him in speculative and risky real estate investments, causing Nick catastrophic loss. Hmm. So if you go back a few episodes, it was probably the first one in 2007, maybe like Ghost Rider, I think was the first movie that came out in 2007. I mentioned that Levin has a lot out there saying, I warned this guy. Mm. I told Nick... That what he's doing is very irresponsible mm-hmm. and, you know, is probably going to cause some type of catastrophe like this. And then the housing market crash. Lo and behold. Here we are. And Nick is saying, you never told me any of that. You also never paid my taxes on time. Mm. So now I'm fucked. Hmm. So it's this like he said, he said type of deal. <laughs> I feel like that would be something that would be really easy for Levin to prove. Right? Yeah, like yeah, he would yeah. have emails or he would have well, letters or we'll he would find have out, something. We'll find out what happens with the lawsuit. Oh, okay. And we'll also up. find out what happens with the IRS oh. on the next episode of I Know Why the Nick Cage Birds. Because <laughs> all of that happens in 2009? Yes. Okay. Well, the lawsuit comes to a close in 2010, but the okay. IRS stuff happens in 09. Cool. So we'll find out how much money Nicolas Cage actually owes to the government. But 
what I thought would be fun is to take <laughs> us through a history of um, how Nicolas Cage once blew $150 million. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and please. Just, and all of, the, all of the crazy purchases that he's made that I may have like oh, do you hinted ha- at. Yeah. I have a full list of, Fantastic. well, not a full list, but a list of some, of some fun things and Ooh, we can go through them. Settle in, folks. Let's see what he's bought. <laughs> Nicholas Cage once owned 15 residences, including a $25 million waterfront home in Newport Beach, California, a 15.7 million countryside estate in Newport, Rhode Island, and an 8.5 million abode in Las Vegas. Mm. He also purchased for $3.4 million the famous La Laurie Mansion in New Orleans, known as the most haunted house in America. Of course he did. Seems like him. Over in Europe... Nick Cage purchased not one but two castles for over ten million and dollars and two million two point three million dollars respectively. Wow. Three point zero. I don't know why I was gonna say that. Just three million. <laughs> okay. Three million dollars kind of a deserted island in the Bahamas. I'm sure you remember that. Sure. He also sprung for a nine foot tall burial tomb in his uh yes. favorite spot, New Orleans. New Orleans, yep. He bought some shrunken pygmy heads. Wait, the, the burial tomb is a, shaped like a pyramid, correct? It is shaped like a pyramid. Here yeah. is right. a photograph of it. Perfect. It yeah. is a literal pyramid. So in the Kesha song that we use part of for our theme song, she says, I own an octopus and, and a, pyramid. a pyramid. That is his pyramid. Mm-hmm. He also owns shrunken pygmy heads. <laughs> Look those up. They're really interesting looking. Yeah. He once blew uh, $450,000 on the late Shah of Iran's Lamborghini. And okay. another $150,000 on a pet octopus. Oh, uh, there it is. He spent $150,000 on the first Superman comic, Action Comics number one. That's created actually... Created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, yep. first published in June of 1938. That's actually pretty cheap for Action Comics number one. He might not have a really high quality copy. High quality copies have gone up for like a million dollars. We've talked about this. Have we? Yeah. yeah. Whatever. That's okay. We're doing a recap of it. Cool. And last but not certainly not least, allegedly Nicolas Cage once outbid a fellow actor by the name of Leonardo DiCaprio. Not oh sure if you've heard of him. Okay, yeah. For a 70 million year old dinosaur skull. <laughs> the $276,000 artifact, it turned out that it's it's actually stolen. It was stolen. From the Mongolian government. And so, Nicolas Cage yeah. had to take that loss and return it and not get any of his money back. Nope. So that is just a few of the crazy, a few, a, a very abbreviated list. Yeah. Because we've some also. Some of the crazy shit that Nicolas Cage has purchased. We've also talked about how he has pet cobras. Yeah, they were also albino cobras, albino right. twin cobras. I could never find how much they were. And honestly, I didn't look too hard because every time I looked them up, I would get a picture of them and I don't want to see that. I just right. want to find out how much they are. I don't like snakes at all. I don't know if any, <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that before. Yeah, it's a crippling phobia for Hannah, but he's also purchased all of those things to court Patricia Arquette. Yes, so like they weren't a, that expensive. Oh, really? Like a signed uh, copy of a book by J.D. Salinger and uh, but Yeah, but he had $150 million and, at the time. So yeah, like at true. the time, it wasn't that bad, especially because right. this was in the late 90s. But like as we get closer and closer to 2008, things get progressively worse because not only is he buying like ad hoc random shit he's also buying 15 million dollar mansions right right. so real estate and like i'm i'm sure he's not buying them in cash Mm -hmm. all of them in cash like no if he needs to pay taxes on it like well i mean you pay taxes god bless you (laughs) 
where I tried to keep it silent. I just sneezed when Hannah stopped and said, bless you. We're not going to get into sneezing. Listen to Trapped in Paradise. We're seeing him tonight. Oh, my God. The man of the house. All right, continued. Um, Whatever. Nick's bought a bunch of shit. Nick now is broke. And Nick now has to take literally whatever comes his way. So... Um, buckle up the podcasts are about to get interesting because there's going to be a lot of garbage movies when do we get to watch g-force is that coming up it's not next week but the week after oh my god <laughs> the guinea pig force i was gonna save it for the end but do you oh, know i'm sorry i'm sorry no 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 but do you know what next week is, is it knowing it's knowing oh my god <laughs> which i have not seen but you I've seen it. Your face gets very visibly stressed out when... when... It's because the twist ending, we'll get to it. Yeah. It's, it's just... Maybe we'll try to save it. that. If you haven't seen Knowing and you want to save it for our interpretation on this podcast, then maybe we won't say what the twist ending is. Because I know what the twist ending is and I won't say it. It's not a good enough twist to warrant you needing to watch it. Like... Mm. We say at the beginning of every podcast, we are doing this so that you do not have to. Yeah. No. So this is our job to tell you exactly. the twist end. <laughs> exactly. So what I'm saying is let's save it so that we can reveal the twist for for some people. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say it okay. now. Okay, good. Oh, I wasn't planning on doing oh, okay. that. Well, no, Please, I mean. That would be so cheap. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Really struck a chord there. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's get into it. I couldn't, okay. like I, you know, as you heard, I didn't find too much in the movie, but I did hear well, about the alternate ending, so I'll, I'll get to that. Okay, yeah, and I think with this movie being the only one that came out in 2008, it's more important to talk about the financial woes I, than the behind-the-scenes yeah, stuff. for sure. Or even the movie. Like, this could just be it. This is just the podcast. <laughs> yeah, honestly, there's really Thanks not... Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> there's really not much to go through the movie, and we usually go through Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene. We could talk about his costumes more than I think the so. content. I think so, honestly. <laughs> um, but usually we go through scene by scene and we point out all the funny stuff, but he's really not very cagey in this movie. And a lot of the he scenes are... He thinks he's really cool, though. You, yeah, can, you can tell. Yeah. A lot of the scenes are like the same thing over and over as well. He also looks tired and in pain for the majority <laughs> of the like movie. He looks like constipated for the entire movie. He's got this... <laughs> look of like a constipated toddler on his face he's probably exhausted because he's filming like 14 movies at once that's fair trying to make money back so we'll get into the movie here the movie opens up in prague and there's immediately a voiceover of nicholas cage being like i'm a loner i i wish i could settle down with a woman but i live out of a suitcase and ultimately what we find out is what we said earlier is that he's an assassin he's a he's a gun for hire and he's really good at his job. And the very first <laughs> Sorry, scene... Sorry, the voiceover stuff in this movie is so cheesy is and real, expected. It's paint by numbers. That's this whole movie. And like mm-hmm. I said, it's like a take-in or an equalizer, but with a voiceover. Like, those movies don't have They don't a vo- need it. Right. They they do what Brian Cox said in an adaptation. You show, show don't tell. don't tell. Yeah. Right. But this no, one tells. You're going to come back to that, aren't you? Always. Yeah, because I liked adaptation. But... So the very first scene, and there are a lot of scenes in the movie that do this, where they, like, pan, the camera pans in on, like, him in an action hero pose, almost, where, like, his shoulders are back and his fists are clenched, and right off the bat, you see his hair. Oh my god, his hair. It's like a mullet, sort of, but, like, it's- It's like a mop head. Yeah. (laughs) 
it was it's very similar to next i don't know if it was as bad as next it may have just been the same way <laughs> it was darker i think this one it, it was so black it's, it's really black and hannah pointed out she was like for a man who has brown hair why do they keep dyeing his hair black i don't get it <laughs> <laughs> like he's clearly like losing we've it we've seen every movie that he's been in since the start of his career and his hair like I know like, that when as you age your hair gets darker, mm-hmm. but it's not like as you age from thirty to forty. It's like as you age from like five to two ten to <laughs> yeah two to seven. Yeah, yeah, and his hair naturally is like a light brown, yeah. like mine. It's, like, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say it's like almost identical to your color, and they're making it like my hair color, <laughs> which is like a very dark brown, very almost dark. black. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, so. In the first scene in Prague, he's about to snipe his first target, and as he's doing it, or as he snipes the first one, the voiceover goes, "My name is Joe, and I kill people." I forget exactly what he says. This is what I do. This is my job. It was. It was. My name is Joe, and this is what I do. This is what I do. I kill people. Wah. No, he didn't. I know he didn't say that. It was that. just that. My name is Joe, and this is what I, I know, do. I know. So he he goes back to his apartment and has a brief interaction with. A guy, some some Czech guy, I guess, who has been helping him out, and he makes it seem oh, like, like his accomplice, his accomplice in his accomplice in Prague. So he makes it seem like it was a suicide or an overdose, and he kills his accomplice. And he goes to the airport on his way to Bangkok. This this movie is also filled with a ton of montages. It's just montage after montage. So we're it's a Say mon- montage again. <laughs> montage. Take a shot anytime Hannah says two thousand eight, and anytime I say the word montage, <laughs> you're wasted by now. <laughs> so honestly, I wish I was when I watched this movie. Right. I don't know. I don't know if I would have stuck with it because it's kind of boring. It's true. We did get pretty drunk last night and watch Manos, oh The God. Hands of Fate. Oh my god! <laughs> it's from nineteen sixty six. That movie's really bad. I, go- I wanted to watch a bad movie, so I googled, like, what are the worst movies of all time, and this continuously came up as close yeah. to the top. Manos, the Hands of Fate. M-A-N. M-A, like Manos, like the hand. Like Spanish, Spanish for hands. <laughs> it was really bad. It was one of the worst edited movies I've ever seen. Like, they would show the couple standing by the door, then they'd show a caretaker who was terrible as well. <laughs> and then they'd go back to the couple, or they'd pan out, like show all three, on... and, they weren't, and they'd be sitting on, the couch, sitting on the couch, not standing by the door anymore. There's no continuity. There's like a dog sometimes, and then there's no dog. Like, you can't hear what anyone says. We looked up the ages. It was like dubbed over. Yeah, it was dubbed over. We looked up the ages of the actors and the husband and wife. The husband was like sixty, and the wife was like twenty-two. It's gross. And the caretaker is supposed to be this like old decrepit man, and he was twenty-five. Who <laughs> then committed suicide after the movie came out? A month out. before the movie. A came month before out. the movie came out. Anyway, watch Manos: The Hands of Fate. It's amazing. So anyway, we're watching Bangkok Dangerous. He's in Bangkok finally. He's walking the streets in probably one of his best outfits. It's a blue floral shirt with like a a bright moon on it. It's amazing. Like a Hawaiian shirt. Right. So one of his first uh, objectives is that he has to get a new accomplice. He has to get a Thai accomplice this time. Somebody who knows the streets, who knows the language, can help him out. So he watches this guy expertly pickpocket some other tourists 
and he ultimately recruits that guy and as he recruits the guy he's like here this is how much i'll pay you and he like waves the money around really awkwardly it's a contender for nouveau shamanic moment that's why i bring it up there aren't too many no there really aren't so he takes the guy named kong this is his new accomplice so we'll probably reference kong a few times he takes him back to his house and this is where we first realized that every line that kong says to nick cage nick cage gives that constipated toddler look in his face just that grimace of like and he's always like if you ask me another question i'm gonna kill you like he's trying to be this tough guy but ultimately he takes in kong and he trains kong to be an assassin rather than like he's his teacher i am your teacher because you're my student you're my student (laughs) because kong was like you got it boss is like i'm not your boss i'm your teacher So the plan is he needs an accomplice so that the accomplice goes to a strip club, shows a st- gives a st- the main stripper a sign, and the stripper gives him a briefcase that he then delivers to Nick Cage. And in the briefcase is the name and the description of the targets that he has to kill and everything he needs to kill the targets. So that's he needs a middleman, essentially. Yep. Yep. So that's what happens there. Um, going through one of the targets, one of the first targets that he kills, he shoots a dude in traffic with like a little submachine gun it was actually it was a pretty cool yeah, scene cool. but he used on, his watch in order to tell the time and did. make sure he got there at the right moment always is uh you know good old venture of Tech sigma w25r1 <laughs> take a shot every time hannah says that <laughs> uh so on his way on his escape from killing that target he does get away with killing the target he rubs up against like a kid who's holding like a pole or something and he gets scratched in the arm that kid never they show him like four times in that scene and then right. he never comes back well he's very important because that kid scratches his arm which means that nick needs to go to the pharmacy oh, right. to get an antibiotic or something in <laughs> right, the pharmacy right, right. is where he discovers his deaf pharmacist <laughs> love interest so here's the thing with the deaf pharmacist right he goes to the pharmacy and he's like do you speak english and they're trying to communicate and it's understandable because they're in thailand that she might not really understand what he's saying. But then he finds out that she's deaf because there's another pharmacist comes over and gives sign language. And so they're trying to communicate. And whenever Nick is like, Nick's like, oh, okay, I get it. You have to take one when you wake up. You have to take one pill when you wake up and one pill when you go to sleep at night. I got it. And the pharmacist is like, yeah, it gives him a thumbs up and a smile. Like, yeah, you understand. Like, she's reacting. She's deaf. She's not mute. Right. So like, (laughs) She, Which means, how can she react to him confirming what she's miming to him? So she must be able to read, read lips, lips in, in English. English well enough yeah. to be like, immediately, like, you yes, got it. Yeah. you got it. I mean, pharmacists are smart, but like, it just, it's pretty weird, mm-hmm. this scene. I thought. And then later in the movie, she writes down a note for him. And it's like, yeah, just write stuff down. Why do they have to keep miming everything? Just I carry around a notepad. maybe it took her that long to give him that note because she had to learn English or well, something. clearly not because she she's reacting English. to him. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. It didn't make sense. Anyway, <laughs> so they're going to kill another target. And there's another montage shot of uh, Nick training Kong. So he's teaching him how to fight, teaching him how to shoot. There's a really awkward scene in the montage where... Take a shot. Take a shot. But where Nick is teaching Kong how to deflect a knife, they're um, like really holding each other close. It's like really awkward, I thought. I don't know. It stuck out. It was in my like head. a sexual karate kid moment. It, it was. It really was. 
It was like so, a wax on, wax off my body. <laughs> <laughs> Except not his chest hair. He's very protective no, of he that. Loves that. <laughs> also, every scene that we see Nicolas Cage in his house, and a lot of the scenes where we see him on the streets, he's wearing probably linen pants, but they look like he's just wearing Grace sweatpants. <laughs> And he's always sweaty. And there are scenes where he's in a in just a beater and, and, and sweats. And don't forget the hair. In sweat and the hair. Oh God! It's a helmet. Yeah. But it, why not make his hairline better? It's still so receding and then just long. He must be one of those guys who's attached to his hair because if I were the director or producer, he's I guess never he had it. good hair. I think so. I think we kind of made fun of his hair in weatherman but looking back that was one of the better hairs hair pieces yeah i'm trying to think like back to best of times his hair was okay it's not like he ever had this hair that people in hollywood were like oh my god right nick cage has the best hair in hollywood like i that's very likely never something that anyone said (laughs) right i mean like didn't he buzz down his hair for a few rolls like he didn't look that bad why doesn't he just do that now I don't know if he buzzed it down for any roles, but he had kind for of short cut. No, I think he had kind of average hair. Okay. But but you're right. Like, why not just buzz it down? Maybe grow a little stubble so that it breaks up your face a little bit. And he would have looked so much more menacing because he's still in really good shape, especially for a man his age. He's yeah. probably, what, in his 40s at this point? He's bulky. Yeah, he's like, he's got some good mass to him. And he's just, like, shave his head, give him a little beard. He'd look cool, yeah. honestly, in this movie. Whoa. I know, but he doesn't. You heard it here. You heard it here first, folks. Where were we? Okay. So he goes back to the pharmacy and asks the girl out on a date very awkwardly. They have an awkward date walking through the streets of Thailand, and an elephant comes up behind them because it's Thailand, and I guess there are just elephants everywhere. Like, what did you say? I said, like... I, I said, <laughs> well, because there's another scene later where he throws away he he goes into his backyard where there's a little stream and he throws away the heroin that he was going to give like force on kong and and make him have an overdose but he throws it away because he likes kong and there's just an elephant in the background and i'm like are there just elephants in thailand like there are squirrels in new york city or something like that they're like the squirrels um they're not i'm sorry if that's insensitive but there are a lot of elephants. Well, there, it's also like a motif of the movie. They talk about how those are omens for good luck or whatever. Do we have any listeners from Thailand? I think we've had a few. I don't recall. Maybe. If you're from Thailand, write in. Yeah, write We'd love a, to say hi. <laughs> how, how abundant are elephants over there? <laughs> are they like squirrels? Are they gentle, honestly, too? Are there squirrels in Thailand? There was a really... Do au- they get along? <laughs> ...awkward moment where he tries to throw a banana into the elephant's mouth. Yeah, he like throws it at its stomach so apprehensively for a man who kills people for a living (laughs) anyhow so where are we the next target i bring this one up i might have skipped it all together but i bring it up because it's probably the only scream of the movie Mm. and this target he has to ride in a little gondola with kong and this is a good chase scene yeah so the target ultimately makes him he figures out nick cage has a gun on him so they speed away in their little gondola, and they have a little gondola boat chase. And Nick Cage, they're firing guns back. They're just opening fire at each other. Nick Cage's boat crashes to the point where he has to go on land, steals a motorcycle, runs a motorcycle along the river, chases down the guy. And then the motorcycle blows up, but Nick Cage jumps at the last moment, 
onto the boat from from the road and he takes the motor out of the boat swings it around cuts the dude's arm off and the one that the that the like, hand that he was holding the gun in. Yeah, yeah, and the arm's like still twitching and stuff. Oh and, my god! And uh, Nick Cage shoots him, and there's with just, the gun that yeah. he took out of the severed hand. And there's just blood and mayhem. <laughs> there, so somewhere in there, I don't. Maybe when his first boat crashes, he yells "fuck." Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll be able to even find the clip or if it's even worth it. But he just yells "fuck" once, and it's barely a yell. Yeah. He's like, "Oh fuck!" Like, what does he it. like? You heard me. <laughs> Go back, hit the little back fifteen second button. You'll hear it. You'll hear it again. So that's that's pretty much it. He does go on another date with the deaf pharmacist, where they're in. The like only a, reason we're calling her that is because they never say her name. <laughs> no, it means rain in Thai, but that's I don't know what that word is. <laughs> She's probably credited as something, but I don't know what it is. So they're on a date, and of course, it's a Nick Cage-produced movie, so they end up in, like, a Buddhist temple, <laughs> because that's just what Nick Cage loves. Fawn. hmm Her name is Fawn. Fawn? Okay. F-O-N. F-O-N, okay. So yeah, on the way back from their date from the Buddhist temple, however, Nick Cage is about to get mugged, but because he's a trained assassin, he's able to take the guns from, disarm the men, essentially, and he ends up shooting them. But because she's deaf, she doesn't hear it, but she turns around and sees the blood and the horror and runs and in fear runs away from nick cage so because nick's all like i've got nothing to keep me here anymore i'll do one last target for these bad guys who are contracting me to kill people but the last target is a beloved politician so nick cage is like usually kills bad people it's tricky to kill a politician because you might get caught so do you do it or do you not do it you do it for a lot of money do it for the money or you don't do it for the morality something (laughs) so he goes he's about to jfk this guy he's about to (laughs) he's about to uh lee harvey oswald this guy (laughs) and he uh, goes up in the goes up on the grassy knoll (laughs) has a sniper on the because he the politician is in a parade in a convertible with the top down yes he is so in 2008 yeah what is it too soon to make a jfk no but i'm saying like when you think that they'd have learned yeah exactly across the world but nick cage doesn't do it but he does get seen by the cops so he has to have a quick evading the cops maneuver he gets back to his house and the bad guys are onto him. They're like, ah, oh, he didn't kill the target. Go send a bunch of people to his house because they captured Kong who had to give him all the information. And uh, so Nick Cage is at the house. He hears people come in and he basically home alone Kevin McAllister's it. <laughs> Hits him with a bunch of paint cans, but he has explosives in the paint cans. How many cans references is Steve going to make in this podcast? Right. <laughs> so <laughs> he blows up the paint cans. Everybody blows up and dies and they give him the information about where's the bad guy's lair. He does have to jump in the bathtub in order to evade his own <laughs> explosives in his house, which was fun. So he gets to the bad guy's lair, but not before he stops at the deaf pharmacist's house <laughs> to apologize. We just established her name. Fawn. <laughs> he goes to Fawn's house, the deaf pharmacist. And uh, he just gives the praying um, motion of like, oh, I'm so sorry, and bows. Mm-hmm. And just dips. That's it. <laughs> 
<laughs> he goes to the bad guy's lair. And again, this is like any scene you've seen in any action movie. He's just tearing through the bad guys, lurking in the shadows, shooting people out. He does get clipped in the shoulder at one point. Um, but ultimately, he gets to the big bad dude, the, the main he guy. Saves, he saves uh, Kong, Kong by blowing off the... the and the girl. I don't him. even know if he mentioned her. Oh, the, so Kong ultimately falls in love with the stripper from the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie that we talked about yeah, briefly. The, but, the other accomplice. Right. The one who gives him the briefcase. So he saves them by putting a grenade down some dude's pants and blowing his dick off. <laughs> and uh, he goes to find the big bad guy. He gets him cornered in the in the, the main bad guy's car. He gets in the back seat with him. He goes cheek to cheek. He puts his face against the other guy's face, puts a gun to his own head. And blows. The cops are there. Did he mention that? I did not. Blows both of their heads off. The cops show up. And uh, I guess... So he commits suicide. He commits suicide for, I guess, the second time the in the second movie? time. Because the first was leaving, leaving Las, Las Vegas, Vegas. Which was not as sudden of a suicide. No, no. He slowly killed himself. I mean, that was the whole Las point Vegas. of the movie was right. that he was c- committing suicide, right. which was very sad. This mm-hmm. was... Out of nowhere. Not, this was not sad. There was a there was a quick, I didn't feel anything. <laughs> there was a quick scene of Kong looking over the water, looking sad, and the credits roll. And All that's right. the movie. So, so what's the alternate the alternate ending? Alternate, al- alternate al- alternate. I was gonna say alternative, but or alternative. Alternate ending mm-hmm. is that Kong steals one of the cop cars since I made you mention that the cops oh, show up. That's yeah. why I, okay. that's why I made you he did say that. Look at it briefly. Yeah. So they probably took that clip from that ending and then Mm. cut it into this. Okay. Nick escapes with him. They get their passports. They flee the country. Um, Nick gives Kong a bonus because like the whole movie, it's all about when am I going to get paid? Well, we really mentioned that. Not really. But Nick was always just like, you're not getting paid today because the cops saw you or you're not getting paid today because you made a mistake. A minute late. Yeah. 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 Um, So he gives him a bonus, you know, calls him his student again. (laughs) And then Kong watches Nick leave in a boat, and that's what that last scene actually is. Like oh. you said, that like he the last scene, the he water. looked really sad over the water. It's just because they took that from the alternate ending. Huh? That it's he's actually just watching Nick leave in a boat. Hmm. So that's the uh, other ending. Do you know if the ending that we saw was um, a reshoot or not? Because I, I wouldn't be able to tell. I wonder if the producers of this movie are watching this movie and they're thinking maybe they left it open-ended originally in the script because maybe we can make a second one of these. And then they watch the movie and are like, we don't want to make a second one of these. So let's just kill our main character so that we don't have to make a second one. I mean, that's a valid, uh, (laughs) that's my guess. Hypothesis. Thank you. I am a scientist. I do (laughs) hypothesize. (laughs) No, that would make sense to me. Yeah. This movie wasn't anything to write home about. It really wasn't. And and that brings us to our next part of this podcast. Any other closing thoughts? I don't think I would ever watch this movie again. I think I mentioned everything <laughs> no. that I wrote down as a closing thought. Changes hair and you might even have a better movie. Gray the, sweatpants. <laughs> yeah. His, and his costumes. <laughs> Other than the floral shirt. I've never seen him so casual. Yeah, very casual. I, they were probably like linen pants, which would be more popular to wear over in Thailand, I That's would imagine. Fair. But fair. some, but I'm pretty sure like sometimes you could tell they were linen and then sometimes you could tell that they were like a fleece material. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I liked it. Yeah, it was fine. Not the movie. The, the pants. pants. 
yeah, this movie was just fine. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, it was okay. We'll see how you rank it in just a moment before we get there. These movies are the hardest to rank. They are the ones that are just okay. Before we get there, we have to give away some Nicolas Cage awards. And the first goes to Best Supporting Actor. Who is the best supporting actor in this movie? I liked Kong. Kong was good. He was fine. He was fine. Is there anything like weird that we can give it to? Like the, the elephant? <laughs> oh, we could give it to an elephant. There's probably only one or two elephants th- that they actually movie. cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they just put in every other scene. <laughs> now let's give it to Kong. I think he All earned right. it. Fair enough. Not the deaf pharmacist. <laughs> no. She didn't have any lines. Her acting wasn't good. And she didn't act like a deaf person. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so best dressed. Is it the floral shirt? Is it like he does I wear... I the black tank top with the gray sweatpants. That's good. He does wear like black, a full black leather outfit at the end that we don't mention. Um... He does wear like a motorcycle helmet outfit. A stealth outfit where he's got like a black ski mask. And... Oh, when he swims under the water. Yeah, I didn't mention it. It was one of, one of his targets. He drowns underwater. Yeah, he, I mean, he kills them in pretty creative ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling it's the floral outfit. Yeah, I like the... Just because it wasn't like a typical collar on it either. Do you remember that? Not really. The collar laid very flat to the shirt, mm. which made me think it was like silk or something. And I was mm. like, wow, that's very uh, <laughs> fancy of him. Okay. All right. I, l- I like that shirt. I had a feeling that was going to win anyway. Yeah. So that's best dress. You right immediately were like, oh, look at that the shirt. shirt. <laughs> uh, worst Nick Cage scene. Um there are probably like the end <laughs> yeah there's a lot we glossed over yeah when he's in the car with the bad guy and then like the fact that that's how he dies yeah they... there was no lead up to that to make me think that like he no. hated his job so much that he wanted to kill himself no he was really good at his job yeah like that really made no sense no it really and came out of nowhere because i know that he produced this movie he had a say in that and i'm like that's stupid yeah. so that <laughs> okay fair enough what is the best nick cage scene is it the boat chase Boat chase was good. The first scene where he's like, my name's Joe. This is what I do. <laughs> With that action pose. That action pose comes up a lot, actually. Yeah, I think any any of the action scenes, none of the scenes with the, with the deaf girl. Right. <laughs> well, we've got to give it to one. Okay. One in particular. Yeah, the boat I, scene. No. Boat chain. What? My name is, my name Joe. is Joe. This is what I do. <laughs> Fair enough. The best scream. There was really only one, unless you can think of something else. Fuck the fuck on the boats on the fuck on the, the fuck boat. On the boat. <laughs> there, there are in my notes. There's a lot. There's a lot that sounds dirtier than it than it's meant to be. I like say he's instead of writing down things that like he's having a flashback of the deaf pharmacist. I wrote down flashes dp <laughs> <laughs> so like a lot of it sounds dirtier than it is D- in my did notes. you abbreviate the deaf, deaf pharmacist, pharmacist as dp, DP. yeah <laughs> not like gf for girlfriend no i wrote girl sometimes but even that i was like that's four letters and i can do two letters and the bad guy was big bad bb <laughs> well, I, always, pe- I always wonder how you notate uh yeah i try to make it as brief as possible but even still this took up like two full pages of a copy book yeah it's like you're a uh, court stenographer <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> all right so that was the best scream and the most nouveau shamanic moment it's tough there's a few i mean there's all those poses that he does there's also like the way he waved the money at mm, kong in I the beginning that. um 
his little bow to how about when he eats the spicy food at the at the date oh my god so i didn't even mention that but yeah on his date he's like it's so hot the food it's hot (laughs) he's like sweating and the pharmacist is like eat this mint leaf or something i think it's mint there's basil was it basil he's like oh yeah that's helping (laughs) and like they're just trying to mime to each other when they can write things down (laughs) i think like they're just miming okay i like that all right, Han, you have a you have a challenge ahead of you. Where are we ranking this one? What are other other action movies that he just didn't have a personality in? Ooh, um, let me look along here. Firebirds. Above Firebirds. Okay, let me go to other action movies that he doesn't have a personality in. <laughs> Wind Talkers. Above Wind Talkers. Wow, okay. Um Let's see his personality in those. Because his wig. (laughs) (laughs) Gone in 60 seconds. Below Gone in 60 seconds. Okay, Below Gone in 60 seconds is 8mm. Below that. Oh, wait, that's the snuff film. Right, which we actually quite liked. He wasn't very cagey, but we liked the movie. Below that. Honeymoon in Vegas. I know you loved it. And under Honeymoon in Vegas is Birdie, which I also loved. Yeah, under those. Snake Eyes. Under that. Lord of War. Under that. Now we're back to Wind Talkers. So between Wind, between wind Talkers, talkers and, and Lord of War, of War I, I probably should have went the other way. That's okay. No, that <laughs> so makes, that, I'm, I'm happy to hear the other ones. Okay. Yeah. So that's going to put it at number 28. I think that's fair. Yeah. It's like in the middle, in the middle. towards the bottom. I was, that's kind of where I thought of it in my head. Fair enough. But I couldn't think of any other movie that we've seen <laughs> to compare it to. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it next week. We knowing. mentioned it knowing. So <laughs> I saw this in the theaters. Before COVID times, we were supposed to have a guest on for knowing. We were oh, supposed yeah. to have guests on for other various episodes. but we So we'll see if it ends up happening. Maybe we can bring her in somehow, v- virtually if need be. Yeah. But we'll see. She doesn't live near us. She does not live near <laughs> us at all. So. <laughs> so that's next week. Any other thing you'd like to add before we get out of here? No, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure... I'm trying to think of any other movie that I for sure know that his wig is worse in after this sorcerer's apprentice i think that might be it (laughs) it's really long that might be it yeah yeah sorcerer's apprentice and that's Mm -hmm. that's a ways down far away no i think that's a ways down i'm not sure 2010 no it's not that far there's like (laughs) five in between okay well we'll cross that bridge when we get to it can't wait fantastic Okay, and now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Now, freak out!